0: It's a privilege once again to come and uh, be together in the house of the Lord. You know, what we are doing here is a foreshadowing of something much more uh, wonderful, much more glorious that is going to happen in the eternal uh, assembly of the Lord. And uh, this is what I want to speak about today. I want to speak about uh, Mount Zion. You know, the Bible tells us wonderful things about that place. Uh, and uh, we need to have a good understanding of what this is all about so as we uh, begin let us just uh, turn to the book of first peter chapter 2 and verse 4 first peter chapter 2 and verse 4 as you come to him the living stone rejected by men but chosen by god and precious to him You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Sion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe... This stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the capstone and a stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Once you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. praise God. And let me take you to the book of Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12 verse 18. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. Even if an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. Now, no, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God himself who is the judge over all things, you have come to the spirits of the righteous ones in heaven who have now been made path, which speaks of forgiveness instead of crying out for vengeance like the blood of Abel. Let us pray. Lord of God, we are so grateful for your wonderful words. We pray, Lord, that you open these words to us. Lord, that we are able to capture it with our mind and with our hearts. Lord, we have so many secrets that you have revealed in these words that we must know. We should not be ignorant, as your word says, but we should be able to understand exactly what you have planned and how you are going to bring it to pass. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful morning in your presence and let your word be able to build us up Lord, make us strong, make us confident, and let us be true believers who put our trust in you, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Well, my theme today is you have come to Mount Sion, and the question, of course, is what is Mount Sion? We have heard about people using that uh, word in their church names or in different uh, relationships. You know, we have uh, heard people uh, talking about Zion uh, as a a place that is in, in the Middle East, in Jerusalem. But, you know, according to scripture, Zion is the eternal city of God, the heavenly Jerusalem, the home of the angels of God, the place into which believers are to be integrated. You know, this is where the assembly of the firstborn is going to, uh, to be established. And this is the place where the Bible tells us that God has laid uh, a stone in Zion, okay? This is not in the Middle East. This is in the heavenlies. And we, we must have a very clear understanding why Zion is not, uh, you know, uh, to be confused with Jerusalem. Now, of course, Jerusalem was also called Zion, It was also called uh, the Jerusalem of God, but it was only uh, a reflection of that which is in the eternal. You see, in Jerusalem, Solomon built his temple uh, that, of course, uh, was envisioned by David. He had a desire to see the temple of the Lord come up, and, of course, before the temple was there, he had a tabernacle which was called the Tabernacle of David, which was more like a tent because he had a desire that God should be close to him. You know, when uh, this tabernacle was somewhere else, he was uh, really praying to God and he was having a desire to bring uh, this tabernacle of God and the the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem because he had the desire to be close to God. So yes, the Jerusalem in Palestine, in Israel, today's Israel, is definitely uh, a place that... God used as an illustration of the greater the real Zion in the heavenlies and that is what we must understand so the bible clearly says you have now come to mount Zion the city of the living God." okay this is a city that is not built by human hands this is a city that God builds by his word and uh, he's busy doing that every single day as we are being shaped as living stones, as we are being prepared and transformed so that we are fitting into the very plan of God. You see, God has a plan as we have seen throughout this year. He has an amazing uh, concept and blueprint prepared for, uh, for the future and for all of us. And so we understand that he is now busy preparing each and every one of us to be fitting into this place. Now, when we read these various scriptures, which I'm going to touch today and have already read some of them, you know, we see that God has given us mercy. You know, mercy has opened the door into God's kingdom, not just into the body of Christ here on earth, but the Bible tells us very clearly that when anyone comes to believe, then his name or her name is written down in the book of life. So we are becoming citizens we're becoming you know uh, people who are belonging to the body of christ and of course a household like we are today we are here together we are just a representation of a small fraction of the city of god but nevertheless you know this is what is very important that in every city there must be the city church there must be people who are coming together who are gathering in order to give god praise and honor so the bible says once you are not a people but now you are the people of god once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy what has happened in our lives is not something that could have been accomplished by any human ability by any human effort You see, God has opened the door for each and every one of us by his mercy. Mercy brought us out of darkness into his wonderful life. Because we could not have qualified to be living in the presence of God. In fact, without the mercy of God, we would have have been dead on arrival, okay, when we would come into the presence of God Almighty. But God has given us mercy. Mercy. He has kept his hand on us like he did uh, as uh, Moses was praying to see uh, God. He says, okay, you can stand near me on, on, the, on the rock and there's a cleft. And in the cleft, that's where you may be and I put my hand on you. And of course, the rock is Christ. The cleft in the rock is the wounds of Jesus Christ where he uh, had his blood shed for mankind. And you know, when that happened, you know, we, we must recognize that God dealt with our past. So we were not a people. We were in the world, scattered in different places. But because of the mercy of God, he has brought us out of darkness into his wonderful life, and he made us into a people, a people that is eternal. You know, uh, we, we see in our world there are a lot of upheavals. You know, nations are not... Uh, you know, forever established. You can see that the boundaries of our world today is very different than it was maybe a hundred years ago or maybe a thousand years ago. Things have changed, amazingly changed. And there will still uh, shift and change every now and then. The only only body that is eternal is the body of Christ, is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the church of the firstborn people those who have come to find grace through the mercy of God. So God opened the door through his mercy, and when we are entering in the house of God, that's where we find grace and truth that is made available to us through Christ. Remember, the Bible tells us that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And when we are in the house of God, this is what we are able to live on, the grace and the truths of our gods. And even today, you know, God is giving us of his grace and of his truths. That is a very wonderful privilege. So we have access to the fullness of God. You don't have to uh, try to search any further because you have come to the very place that God calls the church of the living gods. Okay, we are the body of Christ in this place. Even so, of course, we are just a small fraction of the worldwide body, but we are the body of Christ in this place at Go Center. So every book, you know, I mean, the Bible says there are books in heaven, okay? It's not, a, uh, uh, interestingly, it's not, a, uh, you know, a discovery of mankind. We have a history where, you know, people had scrolls where they're writing on, and later on they de- discovered uh, to how to make books. And, of course, today the world is full of books, including the Bible is a book. Uh, so the Bible tells us that even before that, long before all of these books, God being, there is a book. Okay, the Bible tells us in Psalm 139 that even before my first day arrived, you had written everything in your book. So God has a plan for us. God has a destiny for us. God has a desire for us. But when we come into this world, we have a choice. And whether we really live according to the plan of God, according to the opportunities and the possibilities that God is giving us, that's up to us. It's our choice. But thank God, all of us who are here today, We are here because I believe we have a desire to listen to the voice of God and we have a desire to be part of the kingdom of God. So the Bible tells us that apart from all other books, there is the book of life. And God recorded our names into the book of life when we were coming out of darkness into his grace. God was able to uh, give us that grace, give us that mercy. And his name, our names were written and recorded into that book. So our sins are washed away and we may no longer be in fear of judgment. Okay, that's something that a lot of people may be wondering, you know, what is my future going to be like? You know, many Christians are sometimes afraid, you know, because of uh, things that may go wrong here and there. But the Bible tells us, that when our names are written in the book of life, we are part of that life that comes from God. So we are no longer in need to live in fear of judgment. The judgment that we are going to to see is a different judgment. I will come to that a little bit later on. So God has progressed us from darkness into light, and the Bible tells us now we are chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. What a powerful expression of what God, how God describes each and every one of us. This is who we are today. Okay, And it should make us full of rejoicing. And the Bible tells us that we should give God praise for what he made us to be. We are the people of God. Now the Bible talks about the living stone that was chosen by God and set up in Sion. Very interesting. So what God did was happening long before any one of us came on the scene. In fact, the Bible tells us that even before the foundation of the world, God chose us. God planned for us. God had already worked out his plan of salvation. And that is when that stone You know, Christ is called that stone because Christ is eternal. When that stone was laid into Zion, and that's when God decided about who is the Father and who is the Son, what the role of the Father and the Son would be, and how the Holy Spirit would come and aid all of this. So you can see that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always been working together. In creation, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit was hovering over the waters. And then the Father released the Word. The word being Christ. You know, the Bible tells us in the book of John chapter 1 that the word became flesh. So God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, we're all working together in creation. And they're all working together again, which is much more important in the creation of the city of God, the assembly of the firstborn, the people of God. And that we must just give God honor and praise for. So the Bible tells us that Jesus, okay, who was known as the Christ in those days, is the cornerstone. And he's also the capstone. So you know, the cornerstone is where you begin a building and the capstone is the last stone like in a, in a uh, uh, you know, uh, in an entrance way, you know, that is the last stone in that in that uh, angle there is, is the capstone that holds everything together. So that's what Jesus is all about. <clears throat> and those who believe in Him, the Bible says they will never be put to shame. Okay? This is something which we should really write on our hearts and put it deep into our minds. You know, those who trust in him will never. And I mean never be put to shame. You know, so many Christians, they are always doubting, now what about this, now what about that? Let me tell you, when we trust in God, he is greater than even our failures. You know, even if our heart condemns us, the Bible says, you know, God is greater than our hearts. And we can be sure that those who trust him, they will never be put to shame. This is the word of God, and we need to hold on to that word. Now we see that Christ, who has been laid as the foundation and who is also going to be the finish, is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus himself says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Alpha is the first letter in the Greek alphabet, Omega is the last letter in the Greek alphabet. So we we can see that God is in full control. You know, he has been ruling from the ancient past, and he will continue ruling into the ancient or into the uh, brightest future, you know. we, We have no clue what eternity is all about. We cannot understand eternity. Neither can we understand God because we are limited, okay? We can learn from God, and uh, that's why we read his word, because God has revealed himself in his word, God has revealed his plans in his word, but we can never capture certain concepts. The concept of eternity is foreign to us, because for us, everything has a beginning, and we know everything comes to an end. But for God, there is no beginning, and there is no end. And, you know, we are going to transition from this limited kind of worlds into the world of God where we are going to be with him forever. That's why Jesus said, this is it, it has been sent, Jesus Christ. That's eternal life. Okay, this is not a life that uh, is fragile. This is not a life that is uh, attacked by COVID. This is not a life that comes to an end through an accident. This is not a life that eventually expires because of old age now this is the life that is eternal okay that is eternal you know the life that we have now in our bodies is limited we have a day of birth and there's going to be a day when everything comes to an end as far as our human existence is concerned but the eternal life of God is continuing forever it has the quality of God in itself So we can see Christ is chosen by God and set up in Zion. Let me just read uh, from the book of Psalms chapter 2. Very interesting passage of scripture. The Bible says here, why are the nations so angry? Why do they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared to battle. The rulers plot together against the Lord and against his anointed one. And the anointed one, of course, we know, is Christ. Amen? Let us break their chains, they cry, and free ourselves from slavery to God. Okay, there are people who are feeling that God has enslaved them. Of course, that's a lie of the devil who is telling us everything twisted. We are not enslaved by God. We are enslaved by Satan. And yet people do not understand. So let us break the chains, they cry. Let us free ourselves from the slavery to God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs. Now, I want you to understand here something. You know, there's a certain progression here. Very interesting progression. You know, the Bible says the one who is in heaven laughs. Okay? God begins with laughter. Because, you know, it's like a little baby who is telling you as an adult, hey, move out of my way. You know, I, I need to have this my, my way. And, 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 and children can say, sometimes say uh, very, very uh, funny things, you know, F- things which make you laugh because you know they don't have the capacity to do what they are saying. Am I right? Have you had such children? Have you been such a child? <laughs> Okay, I think we, we all understand, we know, isn't it? sometimes we are we are having great grand ideas, but we can't make them come to pass, okay, so the Bible says that he who is in heaven, he who rules in heaven laughs, okay the next step, okay, the next step of progression is the Lord scoffs at them, okay, so in other words, he makes fun of them, you know if if you are uh, in the company of somebody who always, always got a big mouth and uh, never achieves anything, em- eventually you make fun of, of that pe- person. Okay? I remember you know, I've, I've been with one, one of my friends in, in school. Uh, he was always very, very far ahead when, when it came to, uh, to tell people uh, his dreams and ideas. But when it came to writing uh, papers, exams, tests, then he was one of the last. So, you know, so you, you begin to to don't not, not take seriously anymore what people are saying. You're actually making fun of them. And the Bible tells us that God has a laugh. And he 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 scoffs, okay? He makes fun of, of, of such people who are trying to make themselves so big as if they could dethrone God Himself. Okay, but then the progression continues. And the Bible says the Lord scoffs at them, then in anger he rebukes them. Okay, sometimes I have the feeling that we have arrived at such times when God is getting annoyed. Okay? Because, you know, I mean, if you are having a child and that child is big headed, you know, uh, first you laugh, then you make fun. Then, if the child is not changing, then you get annoyed. Am I right? And uh, the Bible says, in anger, he rebukes them. Okay, so God can get angry. All right? The other day we talked about anger. Is it sin to be angry? No, uh, the the Bible tells us, in your anger, do not sin. So in other words, anger itself is not sin. But you must be careful that you don't don't slide into sin. Okay, so uh, God can get angry. And the Bible says, in his anger, he rebukes them. So sometimes we have to question. Sometimes we have to ask ourselves the many things that are happening in our world today. Could it be that God is fed up? That God in his anger rebukes some of the things that mankind is doing in our world today? You know, I mean, I'm not going to make a statement of this is how it is. Think about it. It's very interesting. The Bible says there is such a progression. Okay, and... This is not the end. The Bible says, then in anger he rebukes them, terrifying them with fierce fury. Wow, this is quite serious, isn't it? And of course, you know, we have seen uh, some of these things happening in our world today. Now I read a a report yesterday in one of the hospitals in the, the United States, in one state where uh, vaccine has been very low, uh, the hospitals are full beyond capacity. They don't know what to do. They have stopped everything else. Every other ailment that people have where we have, well, maybe they had to go to the theater for something else, they have all stopped it because they can't handle it anymore. And uh, they were interviewing uh, one one, uh, doctor and one nurse, and they were saying, you know, we, we felt that people were supposed to be responsible. People were supposed to get vaccinated. And yet here, they're filling our hospital beyond capacity. And the majority, almost uh, beyond 90%, is not vaccinated. They have never taken this seriously. And now they are staring at us, asking in terror, are we going to make it? Amazing, you know, these people who were so, you know, stiff-necked and refused to do what, you know, everybody told us is good for us. Eventually, they are facing the fierce anger of the disease. And who knows, maybe it could be the anger of God. The Bible says, "Is terrifying them with fierce fury. So, You know God is a loving God but you know we must understand if we are not responding to his word then we are going to be sliding further and further down and eventually we have to be face to face with a God that is approaching us with fierce anger and let's not be there let's not do that okay now the Bible says, the Lord declares, I have placed my chosen king on the throne in Zion. No matter what anyone says, no matter what people do or what, how people rebel, it doesn't make a difference because God has done this even long before we even came on the scene. Even long before we came on planet Earth. God has placed his chosen king on the throne in Zion. Okay, in the heavenly Jerusalem, on God's holy mountain, as the Bible tells us. The king proclaims the Lord's decree. The Lord said to me, okay, this is now the Christ, whom we know later on as the Jesus who became flesh, the eternal word that became flesh. And the Lord said to me, you are my son. Today, I have become your father. Father. Only ask, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the whole earth as your possession. So in other words, the true owner of the worlds, the true owner of all the nations are not they themselves, are not the kings and the, the governors and the rulers of uh, the various uh, entities, but God is the owner of everything. Amen? He is the one who is going to inherit all the nations because God the Father said so okay he is the one on the throne and in control the whole earth is his possession. so thank God we are very safe you know whatever people may do you know they will do whatever but they cannot really undo the decree of God okay we know that sometimes people have been suffering you know, Christians have been losing their life because they were thrown in front of the lions or they have been persecuted in many different countries. And, and, and one says, was their life not a waste? No, it was not a waste. You know, even Jesus died and he saw a seed. And that seed is bearing fruit. And the same is true for those who may have stood with Christ, even in the most terrifying situations Some of them who have even lost their lives because of standing for the Lord. So let's understand that God is on the throne. He's in control. He is the established king. That's why when Jesus came to Jerusalem, everybody had to confess in Jerusalem. You know, the people of Jerusalem, they, 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 they saw Jesus coming, riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. That was a prophecy in the Old Testament. And as he was riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, they were shouting Hosanna to him who comes in the name of the Lord. This is amazing. So God is able to bring all his his prophecies to pass, even if people are rebelling against him. Okay, the same people who shouted that may have shouted a few days later, crucify him, crucify him. But they had to acknowledge that he is the king, the king of Israel, the king of the heavenly Jerusalem. So God is building us up into a spiritual house. Okay, We are living stones. He is the original living stone, but we are now living stone of the same nature. Now, when the word of God says, we are like living stones. This is just an illustration. We are not stones, of course. But just like you are building a house with blocks or stones and eventually it will be finished, God is building his spiritual house in a similar way, okay? And each and every one of us has got a designated place on where we are going to be fitted. We are not just like any stone that a pricklayer takes and then Uh, chips off something here and there in order to uh, fit it into the wall. No, God is actually preparing us. That's why we are still here. God is preparing us. God is shaping us. God is doing a mighty, magnificent work in every single one of us so that we can be able to be fitted in the very place where God has planned for us to be. That's amazing. So God is building his house. His house. But it's not a house in these worlds. It's in the heavenly Jerusalem, far superseding the Israel uh, of the Middle East or the Jerusalem of the Middle East. So we are built in God's, into the city of God. You know, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24, 22 says, You have come to Mount Zion. Okay, praise God! We have come to Mount Zion, Amen. To the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to the countless thousands of angels in a joyful gathering. You have come to the assembly of God's firstborn children, whose names are written in heaven. Praise the Lord! Very good description, isn't it? You know, you should you should uh, try to to. Uh, internalize this verse, maybe know it by heart because I think this is such a powerful word that talks about who we are and what we are going to be. Okay, We have come to Mount Zion. You know, you may never have been to what the people call the Holy Land. Maybe you have never visited Jerusalem. I didn't. Okay, somebody once saw that If I have not been there, then I haven't been anywhere yet. Okay, but uh, I'm a citizen of the New Jerusalem. Amen? Uh, Paul says it in the book of Ephesians that we are having our place in the heavenly realms. Okay? We are already there through the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. The, the, the countless thousands of angels are waiting for us. And they are going to uh, assemble for us when we arrive, you know, in a very joyful way. We have come to the assembly of the firstborn children of God whose name are written in heaven, in the book of life. Praise God. And you know, for us who know this truth, we don't fear the future. We don't fear judgment. Okay? Judgment which decides between living and dying, you know, between condemnation, between Hades and the Lake of Fire, has nothing to do with you and me, who are having their names written in the book of life. This is for the unbelievers, okay? And yet, the Bible tells us that there will be a judgment. Okay, the Bible tells us in the book of um, Psalm 9, verse 7, The Lord reigns forever. He has established his throne for judgment. Very interesting, isn't it? He will judge the world in righteousness, and he will govern the people with justice. The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. That's why it's good to seek the Lord, okay? Because God never forsakes those who live with him. Praise God. So sing praises to the Lord enthroned in Zion, proclaim among the nations what he has done. Praise God. Isn't that powerful? So when judgment is to be proclaimed, okay, there are two types of judgment. Okay, in the book of Revelation, there's more talk about it, more, more revelation about it. You see, yes, of course. There will be some who will be separated. You know, the Bible tells us that there will be sheep and goats which will be separated from each other. Uh, the sheep being the, the children of the Most High God and the goats, those who were not believing, those who were stubborn. And they will be separated, okay? The goats will go into the, into the place called Hades and the, at the end, Hades will be thrown into the lake of fire. Okay, where actually... Uh, the devil and his angels are heading to, okay? It was not created for human beings. It was created for Satan and all those who are with him. But those who are choosing to be on the side of Satan, that is their destiny. But for those who are in Christ, there will be a different type of judgment, okay? A judgment that is going to decide of how much reward we are being given for what we have done on the earth. Okay, so God is not looking for failures in your life, but of what you have been able to achieve through the love that you had for Christ. You see, this ties together with what we have been discussing uh, a number of weeks back, uh, actually in different different sessions, uh, is that we are bearing fruit. Jesus said, you are... The branches, I'm the vine, and you are in me so that you are able to bear fruit. And of course, God will look at the fruit, and according to the fruit we are bearing, God will reward us. And the Bible tells us that even a glass of cold water will not be forgotten, okay? So maybe you can make it a habit to serve some people with a glass of cold water, truly serving. Of course, it may not just be water. It may be something else, you know? Refresh their lives. Do something good to other people. Because God takes note of it. These things will be written down into his book. Books will be opened. And God is righteous. He is just. He's going to reward us for what every one of us for whatever we have done. He can't reward us for what we have not done. Okay. So what we have done, the fruit that we have been able to bear, the good things that we have been able to accomplish and achieve, God will definitely reward us. So it's not a judgment that the world has to be afraid of because they know its judgment it's going to be eternal condemnation. But for us, that is not the issue. In fact, when we came to Jesus, we believed in him to be our redeemer, And he was already nailed to the cross of Calvary. He already took our judgment. He carried our sin away. So that judgment will never come to us anymore. And the Bible tells us that he has actually edited his books. Okay, all the past sins that we have committed are being blotted out. Okay, and uh, one scripture tells us that God is taking our our wrongdoing into the little sea where it is deepest and where no one can bring it back up again. Because Jesus died for that. Jesus took the judgment for all that. So God has called us to be chosen people, to be able to trust in Him on a daily basis. You know, the one who trusts in the Lord will never be put to shame. And I want to encourage you, put your trust, put your hope in the Lord. You know, don't put your hope in the, the the false promises of this world, okay? Be responsible for what you do, for sure. But, you know, if God offers you His hand of help, in whichever way, take the hand. Don't reject it. Remember I told you a story uh, maybe a few years ago, where there was uh, somebody in a flat and God, he, he cried to God and God said, I'm going to, I'm going to save you from your, from your situation. And so the man saw the water coming and rising and you know these things really happen in our world more and more. So the waters came and they rose and they rose and so he went upstairs and then the water was upstairs, so he had no choice but to go on the roof, and he was waiting for God to save him, okay? Then a boat came and uh, told him, okay, come, jump in. We, we have come to, to save all those who are, who are still languishing in, in problems. The man said, no, I'm not going to come because God promised me he's going to save me, Okay? Does it mean God must come from heaven to, 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 to bow to you and save you? No, God sent this boat to save you. Okay. Then, you know, uh, the water rose further and further, and eventually he was right on the, on the tip of the, of the roof, you know, and uh, he was crying to God, God, you promised to save me. So a helicopter came to try and lift him, and he says, no, I'm not going to be saved by a helicopter. It's God who is going to save me. Okay. Eventually, the man drowned because the water rose even beyond his roof. Now, the rest of the story, we have just a guess, you know, because, you know, he has not come back to report it to us. So when he came to heaven, he was... And the Lord said, but I said, you. you promised to save me, but you didn't come. And the Lord said, but I sent you a boat, and you refused it. I sent you the helicopter, and you refused it. So what did you want me to do? Okay. Today we have got vaccination that God has offered us to keep ourselves Safe. Of course, it's not 100% security. Nothing is 100% in this world anyway. But there are people who refuse it, including Christians. And please, don't accuse God one day, but God, why didn't you save me in this? You see, we have seen too many people of God dying uh, in this terrible wave in June, July. You know, it was terrible. In fact, not only Christians, but pastors uh, elders of churches, you know, many people died. And I'm not a judge to say they had to die. No, they may not have had to die if they were vaccinated. But sometimes we think we know better. You see, in this in this story which I read yesterday, the people uh, who are coming face to face with the patients like a nurse and the doctor They said we looked into eyes, and people said, I I never expected things to be so terrible. Okay? Are you willing to test it out, how terrible COVID is? Okay? Now, we, we are not having jurisdiction over COVID. COVID is a disease. It's a bad disease. It has not stopped in front of anyone. You know, even the rich nations are still affected as much as we are. Okay? So that's a real equalizer. But you know what we can do? We should do. Okay? If God gives us a hand, let's take the hand. Okay? So we are chosen people. You know, God has given us a work to complete on earth. And if you are living prematurely, then you may not finish what God has given you to do. So, as far as you are concerned, do what you can, please. Do everything that you can do so that you can, you know, complete your run. Your race comes to the end. It's sad that many people have left this world prematurely. But then, on the other hand, God gives us an assurance, as people who trust him, that he will take care of us, and Please do not reject when God says, This is the remedy that I offer you. Okay? God means well. The Bible tells us heaven and earth will be shaken. But God is able to protect us within that. Let me just read this quickly from uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 20, 12, verse The Bible says here, God speaks to us. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking, okay? Too many times we think we know better than what God is saying to us. So do not refuse, be careful, do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refuse to listen to Moses in earthly, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Okay? So we have got examples. Not listening means we're in trouble. Okay? So we need to be careful that we listen to the voice of God. He's the one who speaks to us from heaven. This morning I speak to you, not my own word, but I speak to the word of God which is coming from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed. So that only unshakable things will remain. In another scripture, it says heaven and and earth will flee away. Okay? Everything will be shaken. So that this which is unshakable will remain. So should we be afraid of this shaking? Should we hide from this shaking? You can't. Okay? But let let me give you the good news here. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable. Hello? You know, we are in a kingdom that is unshakable. Even if everything around us shakes, we are in the kingdom that is unshakable. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Our God is an awesome God. So brothers and sisters, God is a God of love, no question about it, but he's also a God of justice, a God of righteousness. Because of his love, he sent Jesus to carry our sins so that we don't have to carry it, so that we are free of judgment. But those who do not want to trust in Jesus, the son of the living God, they have to stand in judgment all by themselves. They will be shaken, just like everything else is being shaken. It's only when we trust in Jesus, our Lord and Savior, that we are on a secure ground where we can never be shaken. Because we belong to the unshakable kingdom of God. Praise God. And you know, whatever happens around you, keep your eyes upon Jesus. He's the author. That means he started all of it. Okay? He put everything into motion. And he's also the finisher. He's also the one who completes everything. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the pioneer. He's the one who completes And in between we are safe to trust him. Because we are looking forward to this heavenly city of God where we are going to be united with our father and our savior and the Holy Spirit and all the angels who are going to make a good welcome for all of us who are in Christ Jesus. We are the assembly of God's firstborn children. And this is our destiny in God. Okay? In God. Zion is not a place per se. Zion is the presence of God. Okay? So many people think, as long as I have got a ticket to heaven, I'm okay. Okay? The Bible says that he is shaking heaven and earth, so don't trust too much in heaven. Trust in God. Okay, because in God, you can never be shaken because he takes good care of all of those who call upon his name. Let us pray. Lord our God, we thank you that we have come To this place you call Mount Zion. A place that is secure, that is safe. The place which you live and reign from. We thank you, Lord, that we have that great assurance that you take care of each and every one of our lives. Lord, help us. not to ignore the word that you give us, the word of caution and the word of warning. But Lord, help us that we really walk in your word day by day. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement and the assurance that you have given us through your word today. Thank you, Lord, that you reign, that you are on the throne, And that nobody will ever be able to shake that throne. Thank you, Lord, that one day we are going to reign with you. We are going to be together in fellowship with you forever and ever. We give you praise and we give you honor. Humanly, we cannot fully understand what that all means. But by faith, we receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone say, Amen. Amen.